Welcome everyone to this week's podcast. I'm Stephen Handysides from the Medical Business Academy and we have again the beautiful Erin Kuratu from Kick the Ceiling. I love that name. So Erin, just tell us again, where did Kick the Ceiling come from, the name? I absolutely love it. (laughs) Hi Stephen and hi everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, Kick the ceiling comes from the self-limiting perceptions that we all have, that inner voice that sort of speaks to us and says, well, I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if I should put myself out there. I'm not sure if this strategy is going to work. Are my patients going to like me if I do this? Are they going to completely abandon me? So kick the ceiling is really just taking those self-limiting perceptions and just kicking them. That's it. We're done. We're moving forward. I like it. That's where it comes from. I like it. You're almost like a Tony Robbins out there, you know. I could imagine you on the big stage, you know, <laughs> kicking everyone's butt. One day. Yeah. Exactly. One day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got a wicked martial arts job. So yeah. Watch out. <laughs> awesome. So, Erin, uh, I mean, one of the things that you really focus on in, in your business is, you know, the importance around planning, business planning, strategic planning, uh, really working Absolutely. closely with practices and, and doctors and really making sure that they're kicking the ceiling and, and, and you know, getting That's those right. KPIs and meeting those objectives. So what now this is something that, uh, you know, on, on this for all of our listeners, something that we're going to talk about today is uh, the neglected ingredient that destroys the strategic plan. I'm interested in this. So tell us a little bit what you mean by this. Right. So essentially, there's four phases that go into creating that strategy. The first one is that you want to do the strategy. So you put it down, you write everything down, you figure out what it's going to be. The second is being able to communicate it to your staff and to your patients and to, you know, everybody. This is what we're doing. The third phase is actually executing the plan, actually putting it into place. And that is normally where everyone stops. The practices think that they're just going to execute the plan and everything's going to work out and we're going to be set in sail and, you know, the seas are blue and the wind is at our back. And it doesn't really work that way. Um, Instead, the fourth factor is to sit back, benchmark what you're doing and pivot. That's the neglected ingredient. Most of the time, the practices aren't sure how to make small iterations or to determine whether or not those initiatives that were in the strategic plan were the right ones and that they need to completely pivot in another direction. So pivoting is huge. So can you just expand a little bit on, 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 on pivoting, really? I mean, uh, we all yes. know, I mean, it's a lot of work, you know, to, to do this, this type of planning, but at the end of the day, it's going to save everyone a lot more time than if we have to recorrect mistakes uh, in the future, isn't it? So, oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, putting the strategic plan together is tough. It's hard work. It doesn't happen in a day. It happens over several weeks. So there's a lot of planning that goes into it. And when it's finally executed, you know, you think that it's so perfect because you spent so much time on it. And it's like your baby. You know, you don't want to change it um, because you're sure that this, you know, this initiative is going to work, that initiative is going to work. But... A really important component is to be able to benchmark properly. So we need to know from those initiatives, what reports are we pulling? 
what are the financial uh, dashboards that we're looking at? What are those key product indicators that are going to help determine the success? And then taking a look at it and figuring out, you know, pivoting is really taking, it's, it's making a shift. It's saying, you know, we were going in one direction, but now we need to be shifting in this direction. An iteration is tiny. An iteration is just moving like from here to there, just a hair, just a little bit, just here. You know, but pivoting is something completely different. And if you're not benchmarking and you're not tracking those numbers, you're not tracking that data or the success, you're not going to know whether or not to pivot. And if you're looking at your strategy a year out and you're not hitting those numbers, you needed to pivot sooner. So you have to make sure that after the execution happens, that you're doing everything that you can to make sure that everything's on target, including communicating to your staff, because your staff needs to communicate back to you. Is the strategy working, you know, nurse? No, it's not. You know, we forgot to leave this out. So maybe you need to go back to the drawing board and add something in or take your eraser and, you know, move something out and try some different things. So although the strategy in, you know, in essence is sort of set in stone, it's, it's a fluid document as well. So it's a living, breathing document that needs to be taken, you know, you'd look at the things that you don't change are, for example, your mission statement. Yeah. That doesn't change every every year. You know, that needs to stick. Um, perhaps your vision or your core values, those stick. But when it comes to initiatives that you're putting forth, those you need to take a look at and those perhaps need to pivot. No, it's, it's, it's so much like a, it is a working document and it's so important. I mean, again, through the Medical Business Academy, we enable, we do these regular audits um, for the practice that really sort of looks at in such finer detail exactly which yeah. areas of the business they're doing well, but which areas that they need to improve on. And just like with the planning, you know, things change. We hire new employees. Right. Um, there might be some economic uh, factors that, that come into play. Right. Again, we have to predict uh, and, and change our strategy. I mean, in terms of the mission statement, can you, can you give us just a little bit more detail about what is the mission statement and, and how do we actually put a mission statement together? Is, is there a plan to that? Is there like a little framework of putting a mission statement together? Yes. At Kick the Ceiling, we have a framework for putting a mission statement together. I would say 50-50. 50% of the practices have one in place. 50% of them don't necessarily. They have a, a mission. A lot of doctors tell me, well, I have it in my head. Um, I've been meaning to write it down. <laughs> well, we got to write it down. Um, but yes, we take you through. Your vision is really what you're working toward every single day. Your vision statement is different. It's how you envision the future. So if you were to Google mission statements and vision statements for companies like Amazon or Nike, you would see the difference between the two. So your mission is what you come to work to do. This is why you're here. This is everything that you believe in. You're a part of it. Even when you're not at work, you're living and breathing this mission. That's great. And do you write that yourself as a business owner or do you incorporate team members? Is it something that you do on your own or is it something that you should really sort of work with your team on and, and make and so they feel part of that, that mission or vision? Yes, absolutely. I always recommend to get your staff involved, especially when you're planning that has to do and has to affect your staff. You always want their opinion. You always want to sit down with them at a round table and say, hey, listen, we need to put our mission together. 
you know, or we have to put our strategy together. I want to hear what, what you think about this, you know, and throw some ideas out there. Give them to me. You know, you will empower your staff more when you get them involved than when you don't and you just hand things down to them. Um, it's so much different to work with the practice with doctors that empower their staff and give their staff that autonomy, um, you know, sort of that freedom to say, you know what, I have those ideas and I really want to share them with you. And the doctors are open to that as opposed to the doctors writing everything and saying, well, here's what we're going to do now. I need you to execute. It's a very different feel. Yeah, I always suggest getting your staff involved. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, this this pivoting and, and I presume uh, the more empowered a team is, the more flexible they need to be as well if the business does need to move. I mean, what, what's your experience yeah. with that? I mean, have you had uh, employees that don't want to change because, you know, they've, they've, yeah. you know, they've got that? And how do you overcome that? Yeah. Um, you know, when you put that strategy together and you bring your team to the table, you can see pretty quickly who's not on board exactly. And that's tough. So a couple things. First, change is hard for everybody. When you're putting a new strategy together or a new mission statement or you're even hiring somebody new, it's a change in the atmosphere and where you're working. And it doesn't always sit well with everyone. Not everybody takes change the same, and that's something that we have to address. So before we even come to the table with anyone, I have that conversation with the doctor and the practice manager. Who is going to resist? And then we talk about why, because we have to understand that emotional intelligence behind you know, what is affecting the employee. Um, but there have been, on occasion, and not very many, employees who just stronghold, and they don't want to be a part of it. Um, they have trouble working within boundaries. Um, perhaps the practice has been flying a certain way, and now they want to make a change for the better, and you know, perhaps this employee has been flying under the radar just a little bit. And now we're trying to put those expectations into place. We write them down. The employee's expected to perform at such and such level, and it just doesn't sit well with them. Um, and I've seen a practice lose an employee over this as well. And sometimes that's the case. But, you know, a lot of times when that happens, it often is for the better. Because when you put that strategy in place, everybody has to be behind it 100%. It has to be championed. It really does. If you have a weak link, your team is just not going to be as strong. So we talk about the emotional intelligence that happens before we even start strategy. Absolutely. Well, have you ever come across, and it's, <laughs> it's more common than, uh, well, I, I believe where we see it is that, you know, the, the practice manager is really running that office. And, uh, yeah. but sometimes, you know, the practice manager is the one that is, it's, it wants it their way or it's it's the highway. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, this such they play in such an important role within the business. But have you ever come across a scenario where the, the business owner really is in conflict with the, with the practice manager that really is running that office? And how, how do they overcome that? I mean, because you don't really want to get on the wrong side of your, your practice manager. Uh, yeah, that's no. for sure. <laughs> so have you yeah. got any no, ideas on that? No, I can imagine they make your life a living hell, but... Uh... Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, you know, like I said, change is hard for everybody, um, especially when you bring someone from the outside in, and it sort of opens that microscope a little bit, and I'm extremely sensitive to this fact, because the practice manager has been the one 
who is basically, like you said, they're running the business every single day, day-to-day activities. And one of the questions I pose to the doctor is, what would happen if your practice manager gave his or her two weeks notice? Mm-hmm. That would not be good, right? Yeah. Um, but coming together with the practice manager and just just reiterating the fact that I work side by side with you. We work together in tandem. And it's okay if you don't know something because that's why I'm here. The whole point and the whole mission behind Kick the Ceiling is to help teach. Teach the doctors, teach the practice managers, teach the staff what it is that you don't know so that you can help your practice grow even more with or without Kick the Ceiling. You know, we want you to be operating at full potential no matter what. So if we can come in and be a part of that, even better. But, you know, practice managers, a lot of time, you know, sometimes they've been um, promoted within the ranks. So they started out as, you know, perhaps a receptionist or a nurse, and they were sort of promoted throughout. And a lot of times they're not quite sure how to take the business to the next level. And a lot of times they don't want the doctors to know that. Well, Erin, it has been absolutely fascinating to, to listen to um, this podcast because it is so important to get this business planning right. But, you know, everyone has to be flexible. You know, the, the you know, strategic plan, the business plan, everyone has got to be flexible for change. And uh, right. we've gone through right. how people within the team can restrict that change. But it's so important that um, we're all working towards the same goal. I mean, is there any sort of final parting words uh, from Erin Kuratu on on the subject? Uh, You know, when you're putting something new together for your practice, you can expect some resistance. And if you do get it from any of your staff members, don't be surprised by it. But also, you know, take it in stride that when changes come, Everybody takes those changes a little bit differently and they accept them at different paces. Some people need 24 hours for it to sort of sit with them. So people are okay right now. You know, it's just a little bit different. So really how you introduce it, if you can even introduce it individually, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be at a group meeting, but um, really, you know, like you said, strategy, it's so important. And everyone really on the team needs to be fluid because the changes are coming and they're going to happen and healthcare in general is changing at such a rapid speed that you just have to be you have to be okay with it and you have to be able to roll with the flow and you know take some of those punches and really bounce back from it and you can't do that with resistors if you yeah, will yeah <laughs> we've all got resistors yeah. <laughs> uh whether it's in our personal life or in our business life so right. uh, yeah right. no it's how it's how we um yeah, it's how we react and, and how we take sort of positive steps moving forward to sort of create the absolutely the right change. So, Erin, um, how do people get absolutely. hold of you if they want to find out a little bit more about what you do and uh, and uh, look at, um, yeah, I- implementing and integrating your services into their business? Absolutely. Um, you can find me at kickthecealing.com. My bio is there. All my contact information is there. You can hit me up on my cell. Uh, anytime it's area code three two one four four zero three three seven seven. That's Eastern Time in the U.S., but I'm text friendly as well. So feel free to use that platform too to get a hold of me. You can email me at Aaron at kickthecealing.com, and you can find me on LinkedIn as well under Aaron Karatu. 
absolutely, anytime. I'd love to be able to talk about the challenges that you're facing in your practice, and perhaps there's a way that Kick the Ceiling can help move you forward. Thank you so much, Erin. That's Erin Kuratu from Kick the Ceiling. Thanks very much. Yes. Thanks, Stephen, for having me.